Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. Bing bong. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Thursday, May 26th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Puenick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us as uh, we'll uh, recap last night's Region 2 Championship Series Game 2, and here is the ending with Nick's call. The pitch from Morris to Griffin. Oh, sweet, and they strike three! And we will see you tomorrow for more regional baseball action. The Bulldogs win it 3-1 to one over Jefferson. And there was the final call there from the broadcast on radio and TV last night. And uh, I've said this several times off the air, uh, that's got to be one of the most interesting high school baseball games I've personally ever witnessed. The amount of controversial things that happened and the way you see the coaches and the players interact from both sides was something that I have not seen in a high school baseball game in a very long time. Not Usually it's just like maybe one or two isolated incidents in a game. Like when we saw that game with the, the nearly ending to the ball game with Martinsburg and Musselman that didn't end up being an ending because he didn't give himself up, so he went down to first on the drop third strike, and then the game kept going. But it kind of all started in the top of the first inning last night, Nick. Uh, runner was on for Jefferson, and then uh, kind of looked like it was going to be an easy double play, and then the, it was called interference, so both guys were out. Yeah, and I think obviously the emotions were high last night. It was a big game. Uh, between those two teams, Jefferson wants to go to the States, Martinsburg wanting to continue and, and have a shot today. Uh, but in, in my opinion, it did seem like Jefferson might have got a little bit too emotional as the game went on, and maybe that threw them off a little bit. I think uh, early in the game, you're already you know yelling at the umpire and, and trying to get a call overturned that was – you know, I think a little bit controversial. I would agree that you should argue for it, but like the whole team was already rallied up about it, and then that just continued with it seemed like every call, or not every call, but a lot of the big calls in the game, and not all of them were really controversial. You look back at that home run, and I mean, it was wide by a good few feet, and I don't know if they could see that on the field, but I mean, everybody gets emotional about it. And then you get emotional about a strikeout call. And, it, and then eventually Coach Lowry, you know, calms his team down. But it might have been a little bit too late. So that will be important tonight. You know, obviously it's going to be an emotional game. Obviously you're going to want to have the right emotions throughout and the excitement and energy. But you got to have it at the right time and, and make sure that you have your composure. Which surprisingly, I think in some ways, Jefferson kind of lost their composure last night at times. And Martinsburg did stay within themselves for the most part and uh, executed down the stretch and, and were able to get that win. So it's kind of where we expected to be, right? Because we said before, it's even teams. It's just Jefferson has had Martinsburg num- num- Martinsburg's number. Could they get over the hump and get the win? They did that last night. Can they do it again? It's a very tough task. We presume Griffin Horowitz will pitch tonight. 
but it's very possible based on what we saw last night and based on what we've seen in the series, it's really a game that could go either way and it's for all the marbles. So uh, you got to look forward to it and keep those though emotions in check, have them at the right time. I think that's going to be important for these teams because these umpires are not taking it tonight uh, after what went down last night. Yeah, definitely. And, and I mean, you look back to that game, a lot of, you know, it's a rivalry game, obviously. It's a re, uh, you know, rematch of last year's region championship game. And Martinsburg obviously didn't want it to end last night like it did last year on their home field with Jefferson celebrating there. So they were fighting uh, just for their playoff lives and, you know, their playing career. Some of them, uh, you know, obviously wanted to keep playing, but just the amount of. It, it, you go back and you watch that game, the amount of stoppage. In the, surprisingly, the game wasn't, you know, a three, four-hour game like if you think it could have been because there just wasn't a lot of hits in the ball game uh, between either team, uh, six combined hits. Um, but uh, obviously, tension's running high. And, you know, one interesting thing was they Jefferson was going to warm a guy up in the bullpen, and some reason they brought a chair down to the bullpen area, and then – Coach Byler didn't want that to happen, and the umps weren't going to let it happen either. And that was just a part of the whole commotion of last night. I mean, that's a player safety issue, in my opinion, because where the bullpen's set up for that away side is in the field of play. So you can't really have a chair there. Maybe if it's against the uh, wall, you could maybe make an argument because I know there's some professional baseball fields that have those there for bullpens, but... You're not going to get away with just one down there in that instance for a player, whoever it is. But I agree with you guys. Yes, it's good to have emotion. It's an emotional game being a regional championship, but it did seem like a little bit that Jefferson let the emotions get the best of them, and that's why they lost 3-1. to one. I mean, it didn't go too overboard that anybody got ejected because as uh, Tripp said on the broadcast yesterday, and I believe he was correct, if they got ejected, they wouldn't be able to play in tonight's game. And then if your team makes it to the state championship, they couldn't play there either. So that'd be a big outing for whoever it could have possibly been from either team that got ejected. But I, I still think there's going to be a lot of emotions tonight. But both teams will have to keep their calm. And hopefully we get another great game from both Martinsburg and and Jefferson because overall it's been a great series and that's what we expected it to be and from what we've heard it's going to be Boober going for Martinsburg and Horowitz going for Jefferson so it should be another great pitching matchup and I would expect another low scoring game with not as many hits and that leads me to question I saw somebody comment on YouTube yesterday with both teams not really getting hits, is it because of the good pitching or is it a lack of hitting that might hurt both of these teams come state championship time? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Also, I wanted to uh, make a point to say you talk about the lack of hitting there. There was four runs scored in this game, and I don't believe one was scored off of a hit. Yeah, I think all yeah, of them were sacrifices. Right. They were sacrifices or grounding into double plays with a runner on third. Um, and Trip Tobin sends a text right now. Defense was phenomenal. Game of inches. Paulson was a warrior. And, and that's what I was that's about to That's very true, too. Uh, we were about to get into the pitching last night. And, and you look at both teams pitching-wise. Uh, Joe Paulson gets the win on the mound, going six and a third innings, allowing four hits, one run. That was earned. Six walks, two strikeouts. Isaiah Morris comes in. 
after Joe Paulson hits the 110 pitch limit and uh, ends up just throwing 10 pitches in two-thirds of an inning, striking out one, and that strikeout was, a, you heard at the beginning of the segment there, uh, to be the final of the game. Daquan Stripe, two and two-thirds inning, didn't have a long leash out there, just two hits, one run, two walks, one strikeout. Jarrett Day came in to pitch three and a third innings, two runs, two earned, no hits, three walks, two strikeouts, um, and 38 pitches there for Shipe and 53 for Day. Um, but Tripp's comment is correct. Joe Paulson, a warrior, you're going to hear momentarily in the uh, post-game interview from last night. He said himself he wasn't he wasn't on last night, but he was still able to go. Yeah, he didn't have his best stuff, but as I na- named him last night, Big Game Joe uh, came through when you needed him to in the big moments throughout the game. Uh, wasn't a, a great pitching performance, but it was just good enough. And he only gave up one run at the end of the day. So while he had some walks, put some runners on base in some situations, and built some tough, uh, you know, opportunities for the other team, he got out of it. So it's kind of like ground chuck there in the uh, MLB pitching wise. You know, you don't have to have a great performance. You just got to put or allow to have the ball in the play of game and uh, your defense step up behind you, and that's exactly what happened for Martinsburg. Yeah, defense on both sides was insane last night. I mean, we had two diving catches, Jordan Camby and Logan Wilt. Both take away probably hits, extra base hits potentially with their catches. I think Logan Wilt's could have been a Sports Center top 10 play. So could Camby's. I mean, that, that's that is a diving well. play in the gap, and the other one down the line, if Jefferson gets that hit, who knows what happens in that ball game last night. But not only those two plays, but on the Jefferson side of things, the double play combo of Kinsler and Sinfuegos flashed the glove several times. So you literally said that. And you I didn't looked. even look at your phone for that. He's Whoa. not. He's not even in the text thread. That is true. What? Literally, Trip right Tobin. as you were saying that double play combo of Kinsler and Sinfuegos. That's the exact thing that Trip just sent us via text. Yeah, he said the double play combo. And I'm like of looking and at you as soon as you say it, and I'm like, wait, don't he's see not baseball. on the phone. Yeah, no, I'm just so, yeah. remembering the game from last. <laughs> now you're you're reading Tripp's mind. Yeah, you are. Yes, so. Your oh, mind no. reader, Nick, the summoner. All right, well, let's hear the WVU Medicine player of the game, Joe Paulson, after the game, and Coach uh, Aaron Byler. But there's a little delay in there because after everything that went on, Coach John Lowry Senior went down to the home plate and shook hands, and they talked it out there with Coach Byler. So hopefully everything's good to go there. And uh, here's the interview. Down here with the winning pitcher tonight, Joe Paulson. Obviously, didn't know if you're going to get the start tonight, but Coach Byler decided to give you the start tonight. You threw it out all out there for you tonight. I mean, like, listen, this was the same as against Musselman. You know, I come out, I throw everything I can. I mean, I threw 113 then, 110 today. It's just, it's just, I'm giving it everything I got. You give it everything you got with a chance to force a game three to get you guys to the state tournament. And obviously, Coach Byler believes in you, but you had to go out there and you know fight through a lot tonight. A, a few too many walks, more than you obviously wanted, but you're able to you know gut it out, get into the seventh inning, and obviously, Coach couldn't ask for more from you. I mean, the the walks, I didn't really feel on at all today. I I don't know how the heck I got through this Jefferson lineup, but I mean, just I'm trusting Coach Zarnecki to call the pitches. I'm just throwing, trying to throw wherever he calls. You know, you guys got one more game tomorrow. Obviously, it's going to be going to be a tough one down there, but uh, what would you say to your team kind of to hype them up for tomorrow? Um, we're definitely going to talk a lot in the group chat, hype each other up. You know, we always, uh, every morning before a playoff game, we we just 
all hype each other up in the group chat, you know. All right, congrats on the win, and congrats on being the WVU Medicine Player of the Game. Thanks, sir. All right, we're waiting for Coach Byler here. And it looks so, like we're Coach Byler's going to come in, but I got a new nickname for Joe Paulson. It might be a little late in his career, but I'm going to call him Big Game Joe. Big Game Joe, yeah, he's a big gamer, yep. All right, back All right, down to Spencer. with Coach Byler, and Coach, obviously, do-or-die game for your team tonight. You throw out Joe and just talk to him. He said he wasn't on tonight, but he gave you a sixth and a third there of, of great baseball. Just a gritty senior, no, gritty performance, you know, a senior that doesn't want his season to end. Um, just, just proud of him, proud of how he battled, proud of how he, you know, competed without his best stuff, and, you know, proud of all of them, how we kind of played pretty good defense behind him. And you were able to manufacture a couple of runs tonight, obviously, you know, against Jefferson. They don't make a lot of mistakes, so to be able to get those runs, obviously big. Yeah, it's real big. I thought there was a big missed opportunity there in the, what was the fourth inning. We left the bases loaded, and you're wondering, you know, 2-1, probably not going to be enough. Um, so that lingered for a while, and then fortunately we were able to get the leadoff guy on there and, you know, caught a little break there with the catcher dropping the ball. And I'm all right with Jordan being aggressive there. You know, the ball kicks away, and we've been aggressive all year, so it's really no time to change that. You know, I guess it's, you know, finally about time the, the ball bounced our way against them a little bit because it always kind of seems like with them, you know, the ball bounces their way. So I think the ball bounced our way tonight. Hopefully it does tomorrow too. Jefferson-Martinsburg, obviously a big rivalry tonight, a big game for both teams uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of things that you didn't expect in a baseball game happened tonight. But saw you there talking with Coach Lowry a moment ago. He came up to you. Obviously, you got to go battle him again tomorrow. Yeah, it was, you know, that's that's good. It's good to, you know, make sure that him and I are good after the game, after some stuff like that. Because, you know, it's about more than baseball. It's about relationships. Race, relationships you build with coaches. Relationships you build with the kids. And, you know, this is about as good as it gets for high school baseball in the state tonight, in my opinion. Um, so you like to see it end with a, with a friendly handshake there. And, you know, like I told the kids, we haven't won anything yet. We, we've won the right to play tomorrow. Um, and we're very thankful for that opportunity. And you had a lot of guys throwing in the bullpen tonight. You ultimately go with Morris. They were pulling him from right field in the uh, seventh inning. And uh, what was what was the situation there putting him in? You had Triggs warming among potentially could have gone to Boober, but why, why Morris? Well, I think Morris has kind of been the guy in that situation all year. Um, another senior doesn't want a season to end. You know, you, at this point, you kind of just throw guys with heart, you know, guys that want to compete. And we knew that Mo will compete. He's competed all year in that situation for us and just just had all the faith in the world in him and, and getting that job done there. We're super proud of him. Does it help having, you know, only burn two guys through the first two games? And obviously you can throw Morris tomorrow. Does that help with being able to see who you're going to throw tomorrow? Well, I mean, I would say yes and no, but I don't think it's any secret that they're going to throw Horowitz tomorrow. I mean, we can say he's not going to pitch, but I would assume he starts. So just like it's no secret we're going to start Carson Boober tomorrow. I mean, there's, there's really nothing to hide at this point in time. You know, they've thrown 11 guys this year, so that's more than we've thrown. Um, but I, I like who we got left with, with Carson and, and DJ and Mo, and hopefully that'll be enough. Final one here. As I was walking over here, heard your – team chanting we've got a shot is that what you're telling them going into tomorrow well that's i told you guys this before when when all the regional pairings came out and where the kids were going through them and i think it was logan will who made that spectacular catch in right field 
you know, coming, that's, that doesn't get talked about enough, you know, that dive and catch off the bench like that. But, yeah, he kind of jokingly just kind of said, hey, guys, we got a shot. And, and they kind of just bought into it. So we hung the sign in the dugout. And, you know, at this point in time, it's just kind of about believing. And, you know, we believe we got a shot. All right, Coach, thanks for the time and best of luck tomorrow. Thanks, Spencer. All right, back up to you guys. All right, there we go. There was the interviews with RWV Medicine player of the game, Joe Paulson, who was a big gamer last night in the game. Able to get through six and a third on 110 pitches. And then Coach Byler. Um, obviously, Jefferson-Martinsburg, a big rivalry that was from last year we just mentioned. And uh, it's going to be a big one tonight, this evening. 6 p.m. first pitch at Sager Field will be on the air on radio, TV, and YouTube at 5.35. And uh, Colin... You got something you want to say? Yeah, so uh, we we heard from Byler, didn't hear from uh, Coach uh, Lowry that the expected pitching matchup would be Boober Horowitz. But my question is, we haven't really seen Horowitz start a lot of games this year pitching-wise. You'd have to take him away from third base, which is another place that he's great at, replace him defensively. Yes, he's a great pitcher, but we've mostly seen him as a closer so let's say he goes in he pitches great that's the expectation but he only goes up until the sixth inning because of 110 pitches maybe who comes in to be the closer for Jefferson if it's not Horowitz and can they do what Horowitz does there in those pressure situations like what we saw in game one when the bases were loaded with one out and Horowitz got Jefferson out of that scenario is there honestly a pitcher that you can think of that can do what he did in that situation for Jefferson other than him he does it every time in that situation well my answer is no yeah so there isn't anybody else in the eastern panhandle that is so do you start him then able to do well I think you have to I mean he's got a point five two five two earn run average so just that number alone tells you that he probably doesn't get to the 110 pitches in the sixth inning based on how uh, great he's been all year I mean he's been pretty much unhittable and it's hard but to even, imagine a tough out would it be him. a bad decision to throw somebody like day well, if they he can last night well so he can't so Riley burnt. Morgan then would be another he's guy a sophomore hey trip Tobin I mean, says Martinsburg steal outs with Morgan close with Finn that's what I'm thinking Honestly, when Tripp brought that up, which is what they us, essentially, you start that's what they Morgan, did yesterday. You start Morgan, let him go three and a half, four innings, then put Horowitz in. I, I don't mean, know. I think, think that's too big of a risk, though, because what if you get down three, four runs quickly? I mean, you can start him, see if he gets in a jam early, gives up a run, then put Horowitz in. I don't know. I feel like this. I mean, he this can go a long relief so instead of just a close. Hey, or if do you, you put him as a start and risk him getting taken out at 110 pitches somewhere in the sixth or i mean if it's the seventh inning you'll probably be fine if you have a lead but let's say it's a 1-1 game and he goes out in the sixth i don't know i think it's all hypothetical you ride your best pitcher from start to finish as far as he can go that's just my opinion yeah it's not a bad one but and I don't think your strategy is necessarily a bad strategy either. I could see Coach Lowry maybe going that way, but it's like you run the risk of getting into a jam early in the ball game, and maybe that just throws everything off of your team. And 
in this series, the most runs we've seen a team score in a single game has been three runs. So it's like if you get down, you know, one or two runs early in the ball game, it might cost you later. And I just think Griffin Horvitz has been so great all year. He hasn't put you in these type of situations. You feel like he can probably get through the whole game tonight based on what he's done in his previous appearances. So I think you give him the ball and, and you roll with it. If you lose it with that strategy, you lose with that strategy. But at least you lost with your best guy and you don't have any second regrets about who you might have pitched. Not to say that Riley Morgan or those other options aren't good pitchers. It's just Griffin Horwitz has been absolutely dominant. There's no reason to pitch anybody else in my opinion. You were about to bring something else up. I think that – well, no, it's good I, well, for us baseball-wise, unless you well, want to I mean, get into the other regions. The other regions were decided. They were all decided? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. I knew that there was one awaiting. But uh, Bridgeport, George Washington, Hurricane all have advanced to the state tournament. This is the last region standing here in AAA to all see who advances. All eyes will be on the all Eastern Panhandle. All eyes in the panhandle. state will be on the Eastern Panhandle. And um, all eyes on Jefferson softball right now as they're down at the state tournament. They yesterday... They won game one, as we talked about on the air. The game ended around 12-20, 12-30. We talked about that on the air. Uh, they played their second game last night, getting a big victory, and they advanced right to the state tournament, which was scheduled for 2 p.m. today. They had pushed it back to, believe, noon. Now it is scheduled for 1 p.m. as that noon time was pushed back after the play-in to play them was John Marshall versus Lincoln County, two teams that already played in the state in the first the two, two rounds. teams that Jefferson beat. Yeah. And uh, that game just concluded probably 20, 15, 20 minutes ago. And John Marshall wins 10 to five, I believe. So they'll advance and they'll play that game gets started at 1 PM. We were set to be joined by coach Desiree waters at 1208 with the game scheduled at 2 P 2 PM originally. Uh, but I believe there's storms down in that area of the state in the afternoon. That's kind of forced the game to be moved up because you don't want to go tomorrow. That just extends it. And today was the 25th and 26th. Uh, so maybe we'll be joined by a state champion winning head coach tomorrow. That'd be cool. Having her, uh, if they're back tomorrow in the area to possibly, come on the show in person kind of like we had with a uh, coach Martz or with hudson or whoever after big state championships yeah coach sherman we add on too so that'd be a uh fun thing maybe she can bring in a couple of the players and yeah, we'll hopefully they get out. a win it, it seems like it since they're in the winner side they'd have to lose twice today so the chances are likely for jefferson to win they just got to close it out and i think they have a good chance of doing so since they've already uh beat john marshall that was the game though that went into 11 innings so you never know that definitely is and if you want to watch that game at 1 p.m today you can go to west virginia video productions on youtube the game will be live streamed there as well as on facebook i believe um as they have the rights to the state tournament for most sports uh, besides football and basketball, at least the championship-wise there. Uh, but uh, Jefferson Cougars, Lady Cougars keep fighting. They keep clawing, I guess. Cougars clawing? Yeah. All I, right. I like it. Yeah. I'll prove. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix on Talk Rated WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more on this side of this break. Uh, we'll talk NBA playoffs. Celtics dominated the second half last night and uh, game five 
do or die again for Dallas at Golden State tonight. We'll talk about that after this two minute break. You're tuned the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Into your arms, these days of darkness, which we with four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons' goal of financing for all. And Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Safety doesn't come from owning a gun. It comes from knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off ID1 Exit 5 Inwood helps you build your safety skills with a variety of courses taught by NRA certified instructors. Sign up for the Intro to Long Range Rifle course, which will be held on June the 4th and June the 5th. No prerequisite courses are required to take this class. You can also register for the Saturday, June 11 Basic Fundamentals of Shooting a Handgun course. This class qualifies the student for a West Virginia Concealed Carry Permit. To register and find out more, visit valleyguns2.com. Pastor Ralph Campbell invites you to tour the brand new Classical Christian Academy at Bethel. This brand new private Christian school at 2010 Tavern Road in Martinsburg will host an open house on March the 24th at 6 p.m. The academy is located on the beautiful 13-acre wooded campus of Bethel Church in Martinsburg that provides a natural setting for outdoor learning and state-of-the-art classrooms geared toward excellence in the development of a child's mind, body, and spirit. Focusing on a classical education methodology and grounded in an historical Christian worldview that honors Jesus Christ and fosters a child's academic and spiritual growth. The Classical Christian Academy at Bethel will be accepting registrations for kindergarten and first grade. Create an extraordinary future for your child today. Join Pastor Ralph on March the 24th at 6 p.m. at 2010 Tavern Road, Martinsburg or learn more at Bethel.ac. Call 304-241-8285. The Classical Christian Academy at Bethel. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer Punick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us here as we transition to the NBA playoffs. The East and West Finals are going on right now, as we've talked about all week on the show. Big win last night for the Celtics. I know Colin was happy getting a home day, but we'll watch the end of that game. 93-80, to 80. Uh, 32-point third quarter really propelled them, Colin. They now take the series lead 3-2 uh, with the Game 5 set, or excuse me, Game 6 set for Friday. Uh, there was definitely a, an interesting game. It was nice. The Heat were on top by 2, 19-17 after the first low-scoring quarter there. The entire first half was low-scoring. Yeah. It was awful. I watched some of it uh, here for a bit, and it, it, it was just sloppiness all around lack of shooting by both teams boston had too many turnovers couldn't make free throws but when they came out in the second half it was a completely different celtics team and that's kind of what it's been it seems like for a majority of this series when boston 
finally is able to get out of its own way. They have been unstoppable, and Miami keeps getting in its own way as well. A horrible shooting performance by the Heat last night, but it also seems like they're just so beat up and tired that it's helped Boston. I mean, Brown last night, 25 points, I believe it was, for uh, Jalen Brown, and that dunk late in the game when Boston was really uh, taking it away and to go up by 20, I think it was. I almost woke up my neighbors with how loud I was screaming. And well, you do live next happiness, to a, a, so yeah, I didn't want to so. do it and <laughs> did my best not to. Uh, you live in a duplex too, excitement. Right? So I, I was happy though. I mean, a big win to send it back to Boston now with them to win in six, which is what my prediction was, and. Now one win away from going back to an NBA championship since yeah, but you know the, the first NBA time and they like their game sevens. Colin. They do like their game sevens, but if they loved their game sevens, we'd see something that wasn't three one on the other side of things. So I I, I still like Boston in six. Yeah, I, I think the Celtics probably close this thing out in Boston, uh, based on how. Miami's played the past two games, you know, only getting 82 and 80 points. It, it does seem like they're a little bit tired, a little bit beat up, like Colin said. You know, Kyle Lowry didn't really give them anything last night offensively. Jimmy Butler, I guess, felt like he had to carry the team. And he, and he only does. got 13. Yeah, and he shot 4 of 18, I believe it was. Lowry was terrible. scoreless. Yeah, Bam so, got 18. They're not a healthy team. They're not a team that's shooting the ball well. I mean, three points. Seven of 45 yeah. for the Heat. So they're just... You That's know, brutal. They're outmatched right now. and it, it just seems like the Celtics, even if they have an off night, it's not going to be as bad as Miami's been the past two games. So it at home, it's hard to imagine the Heat winning and evening this series up based on how they played. If this was a fully healthy Heat team that's been playing a lot better, yeah, it's a seven-game series, I think, on paper. But the injuries have hurt the style of play has really hurt and it just seems like they're kind of running out of gas Joel Embiid tweeted last night which was kind of interested he said uh, Miami needs a second superstar hey Ooh. Ooh. but him Something's and Jimmy Butler brewing. didn't work out Philly the first time getting right? worried uh, him and Butler didn't work out the first time right so it's true I don't know but, but is the I process saw that tweet over well I don't know what his contract is but who knows they yeah. do need a second Or is he superstar. saying that they don't or is he trying to say that he doesn't want Harden there anymore? Well, Send I him don't, to Miami. Look, they already had Jimmy Butler there. Or is he, he just being out. a fan of the game and, and being an a, a, a player analyst knowing what a team needs to do better? Well, you, you never know. Nah, that's I no think fun. he's just being Joel Embiid and, and <laughs> sparking controversy on Twitter, which is what yeah. he does a lot. That, but I just thought it was interesting. That's the thing he's best that. at. Yeah, that's about I feel like it. that sounds about right. All right, well, the other game there is the West Finals. Uh, as you just mentioned, a 3-1 to one series uh, as the the Mavs able to take one at home the other night. Um, 9 p.m. tonight, TNT. Game 5, 3-1 to one lead there for the Warriors. Warriors at home favored by 7. Uh, I think they get it done at home. I thought they got it done last game, and I was wrong, but I'm still going with that they get it done at home tonight. It ends in 5, and Golden State will be in the NBA championship waiting, hopefully, for uh, my Boston Celtics to come along tomorrow. You own part of the Boston Celtics? My favorite team. 
Boston Celtics. Ah, you know I like messing with you. Well, I would agree. I think Dallas can uh, definitely make it close. They've proven to be, at times, a good opponent for Golden State. Uh, you know, they had the big lead that they blew, and then obviously they blew the Warriors out last game. But in San Francisco, uh, you know, the Golden State team, knowing that they're close to the finals, I think they'll finish it off and win in five games. But I do think Dallas can make it close. And, and we really haven't seen too many close games in these finals on either side. So hopefully we get a closer game that's competitive throughout Uh but I, I think uh, Golden State will win in advance. I just still think it's like it's kind of ironic slash funny. First round, I feel like we counted the Mavericks out in the first round weeks yeah, ago. I, I like three, four weeks ago, we counted the Mavericks like they were just needed to go home, and here they are still in the fi- in the in the conference. They, they finals. have been a surprise, and, and that's good for them. But it seems like their time's up. Golden State has had a pretty impressive playoff run as well. So you can't – yes, I guess you can give a lot of credit to uh, Dallas, but you got to give some to Golden State as well, being a three-seed to go. Anything else, Nick? No, I'm good. All right, well, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store. Any longer, Cabinets and Designer Bedding's Outdoor Living is family-owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. Go to Orsini's.com for more. After this two-minute break, we'll talk some baseball. The Nationals got a win yesterday afternoon. You didn't get to hear all of it on Talk Radio WRNR due to the Region 2 Championship Series game last night. The Orioles, they lose again. Uh, Five-game series coming up this weekend for the Orioles at the Red Sox. Uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that after this two-minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. I'm Annette McDonald, and I am the designer at Orsini's in Martinsburg, West Virginia. We welcome you into our store to show you a complete line of what we do here. We design your cabinetry, quartz countertops, granite countertops, hardware, anything for the full remodel of your kitchen and your home needs. We also do bathrooms, and we have flooring available, too. We make sure that your project with Orsini's is the best in the market. Welcome to Orsini's. Orsini's.com. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. What do you get when the longest, hardest, widest runway in the state of West Virginia is asked to host the 250th birthday of Berkeley County? A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to witness an afternoon of fun, music, and finish with the largest fireworks show worthy of a 250-year-old. Visit Eastern West Virginia Regional Airport on Sunday, July 3rd with gates opening at 2.50 p.m., of course. We'll have food trucks, libation, and something for all ages as we celebrate Berkeley 250. Go to berkeleywv250.com and click on events to get the full lineup of fun. 
When it comes to breast cancer, early detection is the key. During the month of May, WBU Medicine will offer 3D mammogram screening clinics to women 40 and older on select weekdays at our Spring Mills Women's Imaging Center and our Jefferson Women's Imaging Center for just $60. This discount fee helps patients who haven't met their deductible, whose insurance doesn't include one with an annual exam, and for those with no insurance. Schedule your 3D mammogram today. Call WBU Medicine at 1-844-802-2734, option 2. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. The ball's two strikes on Hernandez. Arias the set at the belt. He fires. And a swing and a ground ball. Base hit into left field. Robles rounding third being waved in. He will score. The throw in from Lux is cut off, and the Nationals have the lead. RBI single for Cesar Hernandez on an 0-2 pitch. It's the Nationals one and the Dodgers nothing here in the sixth inning. Charlie and Dave there on the call for the Nationals radio network. That was the only run scored in that ball game. And the Nationals finally on the winning side of a pitcher's duel. Nick's favorite Nationals pitcher who just always happens to be on the bump whenever uh, we talk about the Nationals. It goes back to last fall. Eric Fetty. his pitch count started to mount in the third inning. He ended up going six innings, allowing four hits, one walk, six strikeouts. Uh, Edwards Jr. came in for an inning, walking a guy and striking out a guy. Finnegan came in for an inning, one hit, one walk, two strikeouts, and then Tanner Rainey got the save, and the Nationals salvaged one from the Dodgers. They seem to be doing this lately. They'll lose two games, they'll win one game in the series. Uh, somehow they silenced the bats of the of the red hot Dodgers last night. That was going to be the uh, point that I bring up because I usually just to mess with you and because they're doing I mean, worse than Baltimore right gave now, up, like to uh, they gave up harp 19 on runs over two games about the Nationals. But I think yesterday they probably uh, did something that not a lot of teams are going to be able to say this year, and that's exactly what you just said. They shut out the Dodgers, who are a really good baseball team. So hats off to. Uh, Pitching in the defense there of the Nationals getting a one nothing win and also against the Dodgers, which, yeah, I don't think any other team's probably going to be able to say that this year. Something that I want to point out is I'm pretty sure, uh, Nick, you were heard this yesterday. Remember, it was like the third or fourth inning, and uh, Urias, Urias, is it? Yaris. Yaris uh, was pitching for the Dodgers. He had a no-hitter through like four innings. Yeah. And then he gave up four hits. And then that one run in the sixth inning. That's what we saw from Verlander a couple weeks ago when we went. That's true. I don't know. I just thought, like, Brandon I thought. Houston won. Yeah. Uh, but the Nats salvage a game. They now sit at 15-30 and 30 on the season. And uh, I believe they play the Reds next week. They, they're not going to be what they were when they were at the Reds a couple years ago. But uh, you'd have to sweep this weekend over the Rockies for even to get close to that and then lose a game or win four out of the next five games. And then you could be 19 and 31 again. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen again, Spencer. (laughs) That that, that change was incredible Uh, there in 2019. And I highly doubt that this year's nationals team can do that. Hey, you can have some faith sometimes. Sometimes you can have faith, right? Sometimes. Maybe. Nationals start a four-game series with the Rockies this evening. We'll join the broadcast after our game is over. Patrick Corbin looking for his first win of the season. 
He's going against Marquez for the Rockies, who is 1-4 with a 6.14 ERA. Uh, so I would imagine there potentially to be a lot of runs scored in this game because it's a 6.14 ERA for Marquez and Corbin with a 6.6 ERA. So there could be a lot of runs scored in this game. The four games set for the Nationals, 7.05, 7.05 tonight and tomorrow, 4.05 on Saturday and 1.35 on Sunday. Uh, what are you shaking your head about over there? <laughs> Nothing. Nick went and got my camera in a preview to be like, all right, Colin, you can talk after this. I'm like, I don't really have all anything. Right, Nick, let's talk you the can. Orioles now. So that's why I was shaking my head. and like, Time no, to talk me. the Orioles. They lose again is what you wrote on this sheet today, Colin. And then uh, so they lose the series against the Yankees. Uh, but finally done facing the Yankees for a while. It was a close one. I mean, 2 nothing. Yeah, don't play them again until I think I said July 22nd yesterday. So That's a good uh, two months. Yeah. I think they are 4-9 and nine against the Yankees like yeah, I believe this year so. is what I saw. So they've been very competitive. It's what, it's what you said yesterday on the show. The schedulers just wanted the Orioles to be down in the – before the all-star break and people to count them out yeah but when they make the world series run here in the second half (laughs) let's not get ahead whoa nick getting ahead there i mean look gotta get back 500 first grayson rodriguez is right on the brink of coming up he's now the number three prospect in all of baseball is that what you accidentally texted me last night (laughs) yeah well texted me rodriguez randomly (laughs) so the orioles uh supposedly are going to start somebody from norfolk on saturday i or did something. see that i don't know what it was so i texted it to my cousin and i was like wonder who it is or whatever and he was like we know who it is and i was like yeah zach lothar and then i said rodriguez uh in between that but that's probably who it's going to be is lothar oh i was going to say kramer <laughs> all right well that's the orioles too. start a five game series at fenway a five game series mm-hmm. in four days yeah did they have a game did they have a series canceled at the beginning of the year or something I don't think there was one because the Nationals. Boston. There must have been, but yeah, there no. Must you know have what been. it was? I remember this because I saw this on the schedule a month or so ago when I was going through Skyview, which is how we air the Nationals games. And I was like, "Why did the Nats play?" Because they they do coming up here in two or three weeks in June. They play a five game series in four days against the Phillies. It's because the MLB is still getting in 162 games. Yeah. So they I, still I want to end the season when they were, of the season. but that's why. Okay. I didn't remember a series with Boston at the beginning of the season in Boston, but there must have been. On the original schedule. On the that original schedule the first week. with the two weeks being missed. So, yeah, got a five-game series. It uh, starts tomorrow, doubleheader Saturday. So it goes from uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday against Boston. Could who could be wrong, but I feel like they were supposed to start in Boston. Or was it Tampa? I don't know. No, it was supposed to – Tampa, or no, no, we did they start, did start in, Tampa. in Tampa. I think they were supposed to start in Boston. Maybe that's what it I was. thought it was supposed to be New York, but I don't know. Who knows? Who yeah. knows? <laughs> They're playing a five-game series, and we'll see how they do. Yeah. Hopefully well. Yeah. Starts Boston, off Boston, then Seattle. Bad this year, too. So. so. All right, well, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, sponsored in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more on the other side of this break. We'll wrap things up, uh, talk a little NFL, and uh, yeah, when we get back after this two-minute break, when we wrap things up on today's edition of the Sports Mix.
Hagerstown Ford continues to be your leader in car sales up and down the I-81 corridor. We will beat any and all competitors' prices. And we've made buying a new car easier than ever with one-day delivery better than Amazon and a return policy better than Walmart. Your satisfaction is our guarantee. If you don't like it, simply return it and we'll come pick it up. No questions asked. Why would you shop anywhere else? At Hagerstown Ford, we take great pride in our community and supporting our local student-athletes. That's why Hagerstown Ford is the official car dealership of Shepard Rams quarterback Tyson Bajant. Our remote buying process has made new car shopping so easy, you'll never even set foot in a dealership. Simply go to HagerstownFord.com and click on the car you want to buy it, or use the Axle Auto app. It's that easy. You can order your new car on any device. Go to HagerstownFord.com and get your new car signed sealed and delivered from Hagerstown Ford do you need a place to go for a quick tobacco soda snacks cigarettes or beer run well then you're in luck because enter and exit has convenience without the cost enter and exit right off route 11 is located at 31 meadow lane in martinsburg and soon to be opening in chambersburg pa enter and exit is open monday through saturday from 8 a.m to 11 p.m and sundays from 9 30 a.m to 8 p.m for great convenience without the cost stop on into enter and exit today the Martinsburg Wine Fest is back on Saturday, May 28th from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. This year's festival will bring together amazing wineries, great music, and amazing food that is sure to please the palate, all while surrounded by the beauty of the historic Boydville Mansion. Those sampling wines will take home a free wine tasting glass and will have access to dozens of West Virginia wineries and regional samplings as well. And performing at our festival are some of the area's favorite cover bands. We'll see you on May 28th. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your May 26, 2022, brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue right here in Martinsburg. Spencer Buenick, Rosalini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us on this edition of the Sports Mix here. About five or so minutes left today. And uh, NFL OTAs in progress as we speak around the league as well as the nfl owners meetings down in atlanta a lot of things going on around the league uh lamar jackson is absent from otas nick are you surprised because i'm not surprised because he wants a new contract this is the diva, diva part of the nfl not surprised but i'm a little bit worried worried is a good word i think i think the starting quarterback should be there i don't care what your contract is if if you're the leader of this football team, you should be there and trying to make yourself better and trying to make this team better, especially without Hollywood Brown. You're going to have to build up chemistry with the new receivers or the younger receivers on the team that haven't played much. Now, in terms of will this affect a ton, no, I don't think so. He's going to be there for training camp based on his tweet saying uh, yesterday, I think that he can't wait to be there. Marlon Humphrey said he – talk to Omar and it sounds like he'll be there at some point uh this offseason so probably for the start of training camp 
which should be good enough for a veteran quarterback. But it is a little bit discouraging, at least to me, that he's not out there because this team is trying to win a Super Bowl. And I know his contract is important to him, but as a fan, the most important thing to me is that they're winning. So I would like him to be out there. Is it a huge deal? No, it's voluntary. But is it a little bit concerning? I think a little bit. And I, I think he should be out there personally. But, again, we'll see. Hopefully you get a deal done. I understand he wants to be paid. He's been an MVP. He's been kind of a top 10 quarterback. So he probably deserves some money. But the Ravens are also thinking, are, is he worth $40-plus million a year? And I think that is kind of up in the air. I mean, he's a guy that's potential to get injured. He's not really had great playoff success. So there are some red flare flags there of Lamar Jackson. But we'll see how this works out. Yeah, and another player who, on Twitter, it was all the talk from the Commanders reporters that he potentially uh, was a diva, you know, their contract situation and everything. Deron Payne, who walked off the field at practice, uh, he responds on Twitter, said, quote, if y'all think I walked out of practice, you goofy, we always work in hashtag most hated. So... Maybe he hurt something. Maybe he wasn't feeling well. Allergies. I don't know. I don't know. Deron Payne has some other issues, I think. It seems like it. Yeah. Uh, well, I just saw that interesting. Also, Commanders, uh, we've been talking about this for the last couple of days, and the potential stadium site down in Woodbridge. Uh, one Virginia State Senator will not be supporting the Commanders' attempt to build a stadium. That is Senator Chap Peterson in a statement Wednesday night that he read legislation put forth to the lawmakers during this year's Virginia General Assembly session. He said uh, they don't. he doesn't think that uh, – he doesn't have confidence in the Commanders as a viable NFL franchise. That's probably due to Dan Snyder and their lack of winning and everything that's happened in the last 20 years. Yeah, you can't really argue against that, right? You can't, you can't, except for if you get the stadium there, how much revenue your state's going to be bringing in off it. Yeah, and as, you know... I, I guess that's the other argument. And as, as everything but. stirs up here uh, for the commanders, is you know, I think I mentioned this potentially yesterday, it, it may be trying to get places to be like, oh, we're going to lose them, or we're going to lose certain parts of them, so now they want to... This potentially could be a bidding war type thing. Uh, and that could potentially be happening as uh, commanders have drawn up plans for a Loudoun County Stadium complex. They have not acquired the land. The land would be a quarry uh, by Tr- Chantilly Crushed Stone and it's northeast of Dulles Airport next to Metro Rail. That's, I don't know if it's open yet. That's been a long thing, long going thing. Uh, but the Potentially, the commanders could stay in Loudoun County. So, I don't know if Loudoun County wants that or not, but uh, that could potentially good, could be good for the commanders in Virginia. And if in it's Virginia. near a metro, that's a great decision, I think, in location. That's what I was going to get. I think fans can use that to get the games, which has always been an issue there at FedEx, is getting in and out of FedEx is a disaster. So Yeah, and I think that's kind of one of those big things is – you're trying to find options and you know you look at one thing you look at another the option for woodbridge maybe you're trying to build a bigger fan base for virginia because your maryland people are more ravens fans 
could be. I mean, there's a lot of points to take in on this, but I, I think start winning and maybe those fans will come back in Maryland. You've got to start winning, but I think if you put it near Metro Rail, even though it's way out in Loudoun County, people will go. And people will go, and you know, as a Loudoun County native, I think it could be good because you got Metro out there. But that'll do it for this segment or this edition of the Sports Mix. Uh, we'll be back tonight, 5.35 p.m. Uh, for Jefferson Martinsburg, Game 3, Decisive Game 3 for Colin, Nick. I'm Spencer Sink. So long.